0: In this week's episode, Investors Corner, we're joined by Andre. One half of Andre and Debbie are new avocado partners that have just launched in the Caversham area. Now, we'll be speaking to Andre about why Caversham? What has Caversham got to offer? What type of community does it have? What are average rental prices doing? What type of properties you have there? And why it is a great investment opportunity for property investors? Now, as Andre has over 20 years experience being in the mortgage game, we'll also be talking to him towards the end of the episode about current mortgage rates what are they currently doing and what can we see them doing and how will that benefit people in buying property so make sure that you listen listening to this one and make sure that you subscribe to the investors corner for hours of free content on investing and especially property investing
1: welcome back to the investors corner for our second episode of 2024 today we introduce Andre Bartlett an incredibly experienced mortgage broker turned estate agent you nearly oh. said old didn't you no <laughs> i was gonna say good looking but oh, i didn't oh want to no. go in that early okay. um it's quite rare that you took mortgage broker turns estate agent. i see quite a lot of estate agents turning mortgage yes, broker yeah. but yeah. you're flipping it on its head now andre's specializing in the caversham area i almost said the caversham area of reading there which would have insulted half of caversham um a very, very particular part of the town, Cavisham. Yep. very independent part of the town, higher end of the town. We're here to grill, Andre, on Caversham and Cavisham specifically. I'm interested to know why a mortgage broker becomes an estate agent and mm-hmm. to know what specialism that gives you over any other estate agent because... I feel like 80% of our time on our podcast isn't actually talking about estate agency. It's talking about money. Yeah. So interestingly, we've got an estate agent that's probably going to talk about money, I would say. So let's get into it. Well, as about 40%
2: of properties are owned mortgage free. I thought I can only deal with 60% of the public. So I thought become an estate agent, I can deal with the other 40%. But, but no, um, why become an estate agent? It's been something. I mean, I've been in estate agency uh, through, wow, well, since oh, oh ninety nine. I think it was. I joined. Are we allowed to say other oh, agencies' yeah, names? It. Yeah, yeah, I joined yeah, Prospect. Like might um, throw fruit at you. But, you yeah, know, and okay. um, yeah, I joined Prospect. And the as a mortgage broker, the bit that interested me the most was the property side. It always has done. And and it's always been something that after Prospect, I worked for Savills, and obviously completely different market, London, uh, bigger prices, bigger numbers, but ultimately it's still people and their homes. And and for me, the finance side of it is getting people into their home, and that's never changed. And and for me, it's just a natural progression. It's my partner in business and life, Debbie is not here. Um, when we got together, the first thing we said to each other was that we wanted to start a business. And I said, well, I know what I want to do. And she said, well, I want to do a state agency. And I was, ah, okay. That's well, fortunate. That wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's tied in yeah. well. Yeah. She, could have, yeah. <laughs> she could have done what, do grooming or something. Yeah. <laughs> Flower <laughs> arranging. But, yeah, <laughs> And, and uh, we set up a business ready to explore options and knowing Ian for 20 years, I thought, let's start there. And here I am sat here. But um, yeah, it's just been a natural thing. I mean, the business I run as a mortgage broker, I don't actually do the mortgages myself anymore. I have a team of those. So I sort of had a bit more time after stepping back from the actually advising clients to have a bit more free time. And with that free time, I've decided to fill it with selling properties in
1: Caversham. What better to do as a hobby than mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> spend your Saturdays at open houses?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why I mean, it, not? It's, um, yeah, so it's always been a passion property. Debbie's exactly the same. Um, her background is slightly different. She's come from a background of um, health. She works for a company that does, um, workplace well-being and some community work that gets people active. Uh, But again, her passion behind that has always been property. And yeah, it's just a bit like heart to heart. It was the perfect relationship to to launch into.
1: So I've got a theory about property and property finance specifically. If you take cash buyers out of the scenario because they're a different breed the actual price of the property has become almost as irrelevant as the price of a car it's yeah. more about your affordability on a monthly basis yeah. is what drives the market so whether prices are 500,000 or 700,000 for yeah. a three bed semi has no bearing on whether someone's going to buy that house or not. It's whether the mortgage payment is yeah, £1,500 yeah. a month or £5,000 yeah. a month. Just like if I walk into a Mercedes dealer or a yeah. Tesla dealer, I have absolutely no care how much that the sticker price of that yeah. car is. It's what yeah. it's going to cost me a month. And I think yeah. housing has got to that same level where, yeah, yeah I know everybody wants a deal, so everyone's going to try and negotiate a little bit off to feel like they get a victory. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, specifically from a well, homes and investing point of view, what's it going to cost me on a monthly yeah. basis? And is that going to be, for a homeowner, affordable? And from a buy-to-let perspective, is it going to return on my investment?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously the mortgage market, as the property market, it, it evolves. And, and hence why now you can get, 35 year mortgages because Mm. someone will again as you say i can afford let's say 1500 pounds a month what does that get me well now it can get you this property at 10 years this at 25 and this at 35 oh guess which one's the biggest and the best in your eyes so yeah i'll go for a longer term mortgage if possible to get me the house and you're right it doesn't matter if the house was 500 or 600 it's it's still within my budget so
1: yeah i feel like that's how people budget now And I feel like that's because most people will visit and visit or speak to their mortgage broker first. Yeah. The mortgage broker leads them with their affordability. Yeah. So you don't think, okay, I'm going to go and spend 500,000 pounds on a house. Your mortgage broker tells you your budget yeah. to go and to go and find something mm-hmm. cuz it fits with the repayment schedule.
2: Yeah. With mortgage lenders affordability calculators it's definitely um, improved it's got a long way to go yet because you've got different types of people earning the same salaries and they spend it in different ways and and with as ai and more open banking information comes available then lenders will get possibly smarter because different types of people you get someone that earns five grand a month and spends four and you got someone that earns five grand a month and spends a thousand so which one can afford more yeah well in theory the second one can afford a lot more on a mortgage, but the lender will look at it and most of the time come up with pretty much the same number and one of them can afford it comfortably, the other one can't, but they get by. So um, so yeah, as, as more advances in technology come in, which mortgage market's still way behind, then lenders will adapt to the client's actual affordability. Meaning that some people will not even be able to afford the house they're in, and others will be able to afford something much bigger and better.
1: So, and I think tailored is is yeah. it's got to be an advantage yeah. to the right people, and and it's got little attract the people that the lenders actually want to lend to, not yeah. the risky ones.
2: Yes, yeah, yeah. Because in the past, it was three times salary, four times salary. Yeah. That was it. Everybody got the same based on a twenty grand salary. Got eighty grand. That was it. Now. There are affordability checks done, which they'll take out all the negatives, and all the negatives being car loans and mm. and credit cards, etc. But what we're hoping one day is we get round to the bit where the lenders put in the positives. The guy that doesn't drink smoke doesn't have expensive 365 accounts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't yeah, doesn't have a gambling habit, doesn't <laughs> drink, doesn't, you know. Spend much money other than maybe a mobile phone and a gym membership, and that's his his lot. Yeah. And he thinks, well, I can afford a lot more than the guy next to me who, yeah, who can't. So I think, well, it will come because lenders are doing lots about that type of technology with the open banking, where you can see what someone can afford each month. But yeah, let's. Uh,
1: How does hopefully that af- exciting changes? How do you think that kind of update will affect the buy to let and the investment market? Um,
2: well, that's a – I mean, at the moment, the buy-to-let market is tougher than it's been for 10 years, mm. maybe longer. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you've got some very good landlords out there with lots of equity in their portfolios. Um, if they're with a portfolio lender, it will all get counted as one, but through lots of individual lenders, they can find themselves unable to borrow the the same amount currently as they – would have done in the past when rates were slightly lower so yeah I think by affordability will mean the client has to get slightly maybe slightly cleverer they may need to start pulling their debts into one lender again like y- you used to get specialist lenders that would do this which would maybe do 10 properties for you and then uh, and then It got cheaper to just individually mortgage you with 10 different buy to lenders. It might be that bespoke lending comes back again where someone says, well, you're making X amount on that one, losing on that one. But overall, we're happy with affordability. So stick a new one in. But those, those mortgages do exist. They just take a bit more work to get. Well, they've got to be
1: bespoke, haven't they, rather than just, right, this is a two-bedroom flat, it's 200,000, it rents at 1,400, so we'll lend X on it, which is the current kind of maths that's run. I I would much prefer to see a more bespoke angle for landlords who do have four or five properties plus, because you will have one that's got 60% equity, you'll have another one that's got 25% equity, and really, you should be able to average that out because you're looking at a portfolio, so you're you're leveraging the portfolio rather than each individual property, rather than being penalised on one and winning on another.
2: Yeah. And and a lot of these lenders disappeared after the credit crunch in Mm. uh, 2008, and and some of them are starting, like capital home loans disappeared, now they're back. Well, Mm. they've been back a while, but those sort of lenders that did the landlord's uh, portfolio type mortgages—they're—they're they're, they're still there. They're just less of them. Yeah, maybe over yeah. the next two or three years, there'll be more of them.
1: I think the risk to a landlord on the the flip side of that is all your eggs are in one basket. Yeah, mm. yeah. What happens when you come up to refinance and you've got yeah. all ten? Yeah, rather than yeah, having and that average out. out.
2: Yeah, yeah. And and if you've got um, if you've got a ten different products with that same lender you can never get all of your properties away at one time because mm. there's always be one of them will be tied into a fixed rate and one comes off, but you've still got six others all tied in, so you can't, you can't move them all. So, yeah, there needs to be – it would be ideal to have one product, everything under one redemption penalty, but whether those products will
1: mm.
2: ever exist – to, to the, the the flexibility of the landlord there exists to the flexibility of a lender of course but yes yeah,
1: <laughs> funny like, that isn't it yeah. <laughs> yeah. so andy let's talk caversham let's 70-odd rental properties on the market at the moment in Cavisham.
0: Yep, 70 on the market at the moment. Over the past three months, there's been around 150 that have gone to markets. So there's obviously a good market there for, for rental properties. Out of those um, that went to market, big majority of them are houses compared to, to flats. You're probably looking at yeah. about 30 more houses com- compared to flats. And it seems to be demand for your two three beds in, yeah. in Caversham, which makes me think that it's sort of a family yeah. area to to go to um so yeah I mean it, it looks good figure wise Caversham. you're looking at the average rent of 1600 a month as yeah. as well which is I mean that's fantastic isn't it being in being in an area but what what makes Caversham the place to in invest so what's it have in it Obviously it's quite it feels like quite a family community mm. there yeah um obviously you sort of by the River Thames as well you've got cavisham lakes there and yeah. so for, well, for it's an closer invest-
2: to the River Thames than it was last week but- yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah yeah
0: floods happening yeah um yeah so I mean look, it feels like a good good place to to invest but what I'm keen to know is what are the average house prices for that sort of investors property what is the ideal investment yeah. property where are you going to get the biggest return for for your money um so yeah what 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 prices are we
2: are we well, talking you with with caversham you're right the, what's the what's the advantages the advantage is for a lot of people you can you've mentioned river thames uh, yeah obviously you've got the town center your a five-minute drive either direction out of Caversham, you're in the countryside. You get to Henley. You're on your way to Oxford. So, but you're also five-minute walk across the bridge. You're into Reading. You're on the train. Mm. You're into yeah. London in 23 minutes. So, um, for commuters, it's ideal. You're also again five-minute walk from Reading town centre. So, Caversham, although it's got uh, a town centre with shops, you've got obviously a much bigger town centre uh, restaurants and Reddins still expanding. If you want to buy a flat, probably Caversham. Mm. There's a handful, but Reddins has got a much bigger pool for that. But the one thing that lacks on there is parking. Whereas in Caversham, you're likely to get something that's got parking with a four, five, six minute walk across the river and you're in the town centre. So, um you know, if you're looking to invest, you could potentially go for something bespoke and a bit of parking and a bit of history, or you go across, you get a brand new flat for the same sort of money. So mm. no parking, but again, you're the same distance of the train station. So I think the biggest selling point for Caversham is the location. I yeah. mean, getting in and out with traffic's a bit of a pain, but if you're willing to walk across the bridge... As I say, you could leave your home and be in Paddington in 30, 35 minutes if you time it right with the trains, which, you know, there's not many places you can do that in and around Reading. No. So two-bedroom
0: 2, two bedroom terrace property, which is sort of the most in-demand property, not just in Cavisham yeah. area, in the surrounding areas as well, down by the southeast. So in, in Cavisham, what, what am I paying for, for a two-bed uh, terrace?
2: Probably... Th- Somewhere at the moment, anywhere, depending on condition and location, three to three fifty. Okay. You might you might have to go slightly over three fifty for something that may have just been adapted slightly, but yeah, about 300, 350
0: yeah. Okay. So if you were paying three fifty, you get a rent of sixteen hundred, 1600, sixteen fifty, you're probably looking at what yield of six percent, something yeah. like that. Which is pretty standard. So it's you know, it's yeah. still good to to get anything above six percent at, at the moment yeah. the way that the things work out so yeah i think when you were talking about reading and you're talking about um you know the new flats going up probably be lucky to get one of those if you get in front of the overseas in, <laughs> investors and and <laughs> yeah. buyers because they seem to be buying it all up at the moment um obviously it's just slightly different isn't it you've got those brand new apartments yeah. in the town in the town center not everyone wants that no, You know, no. you probably want to go into, and, and Caversham's a more scenic yeah. place, isn't yep. it? A picturesque place to to, yeah. to be, and away from the hustle and bustle of Redden, like you said, it's only, what, five minutes away yeah. from train station? Yeah. So, um, and normally when you see investment going to town centres like that, the surrounding areas, yeah, you know, they... Improve, don't they? I didn't want to with, call
1: it the ripple effect with current river thames Yeah, situation. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but they they improve. They you know they get something from it as as well because you've got people that want to go into that area. Yeah, can't get into that area, so the first thing that they're going to do is go to the surrounding surrounding yeah. areas. So yeah. for an investment property, you know, instead of purchasing one of those brand new flats at three hundred and fifty k, because that's yeah. what they're doing, all so bells and whistles. I would much prefer to go in the surrounding areas, get something a bit bigger, um, you know, get a house instead of a flat, which is going to appeal to more people. um, And yeah, look to get more money back from the investment that's going into the town centre. So yeah, I mean, Caversham seems like a,
2: if you look at sort of North East, West and South of Reading town centre, um, obviously Caversham benefits from number one, the river. Um, but you, you look the other side, you've got things like the hospital, the university, which are great for investment if you want to rent out to mm. students and, and, and hospital staff, etc If that's what you want to do, fine. If you're looking to potentially rent to families, mm. then Cavisham stands out for the fact that you do have shopping centre and you do have um, the countryside parks, etc and you walk across the river and you go into work via train, whatever, or yeah. you work in Reading town centre. So, um, you know, or you go the other way and you go to sort of the outskirts of sort of South Tilehurst, but you know, yeah, similar models, but you just don't have the river and that appeal. And
1: I think that's where, that's where it hits it is, is you, you walk across the bridge and the demographic instantly changes as yeah. you go into Caversham. People are willing Able and are paying a 20-odd, 25% premium yeah. to be there because it's the nicer end of the town. All, yeah. all of the benefits of Reading without being in Reading, yeah. having its own centre, coffee shops, yeah. Waitrose that we always yeah. bang on about, <sighs> whether it's whether it's yeah. Waitrose bringing the price or the price bringing Waitrose, yeah. that answer will never be ended. But that's, that's where... As an investor, if you're looking to buy in, it's horses for courses, like you say, whether you go city centre, you know, contractor type buyer or renter, uh, or whether you go to a Cavisham. Yeah, you're going to pay a premium for your property, but you'll get a premium rent and you'll, you'll, you'll likely find a tenant who is concerned about. How good the primary schools are, yeah. and how good the community is, and yeah. how close the local walk is, and yeah. and that kind of thing. So it's it's got all the benefits of the city without being there. Yeah, yes, it's, it's sort of maintained its independence in quite yeah, a unique as, way.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, and as you mentioned, Waitrose, but there's lots of little independent shops as well, which makes it slightly different to the town Centre maybe where it's vape shops and yeah. and then you've got the chains. If <laughs> yeah. you go past sort of one street, you do get all the all the chains. But Caversham does have, yes, it has a cost and a waitrose, but it also has lots of small independent cafes, restaurants and shops. So, That's where your yeah.
0: community sort of spirit comes from, isn't it? Yeah. If you've got the independent shops, it's yeah. all community-based. Yeah. Um, you know, the people that live in... Cavisham will yeah. more than likely go to those independent stores rather than yeah. the 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 big players in 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 town, so yeah. and like you said, Mike, I think with cavisham you know it appeals more to to families you've got the schools around there you've got all of the walks around there, independent shops, yeah. the community spirit so if you get a, if you've got an investment property there and you're renting to to a family, probably you've got more of a long term investment there because they're going to stay yeah. there for longer, yeah. rather than if you've got somewhere. say reading yeah it's going to be a high turnover which obviously with high turnover becomes more costs because you've got more costs to remarket a property etc etc if you've got long-term tenants that's that's ideally what you want as an investor obviously investors are different they've all got certain goals you know you might have your student housing landlords your social housing landlords your professional couple landlords that that they want those type of applicants but yeah. The majority of the investors that I speak to always look for the longest secure tenant. Who is going to stay in my property for the longest? Yeah, And somewhere like Caversham, yeah. that's, your, that's your family. So yeah. to buy an investment property there, that's what you want. It's a yeah. bit of a no brainer really.
1: So, the other thing I notice about Caversham, my observation, Andre, is property is more of a commodity in yeah. Caversham than it would be across the river in Reading, where they can rip down an old bus station and put up twelve hundred flats, yeah. or an old warehouse, or Toys R Us, or prison. Yeah. Maybe next <laughs> um, yeah. at yeah. some point. Yeah. Caversham is very much at uh, full from from the perspective um, of, of yeah, how yeah. much more could go in so if you buy a freehold house in yeah. lower Cavisham, yeah you're not going to suddenly see another 1500 houses built next door in lower Cavisham.
2: no you've got the uh golf course where they're i think if they've started or going to start yeah they have mm-hmm. started yeah um the Cavisham golf course that but that's yeah, there's not much else I can Other think Other than very of. small yeah. infills and yeah. redevelopments. Yeah, I mean, there's you get the odd site like the BBC site, whether they'll ever do anything with that, that's got some land, it's a big...
1: But, but yeah, you're
2: talking one or two places you can think of that they could potentially redevelop. Other than that, no, you're yeah. right, it's, it's, it's pretty much full. And when you get to the countryside, then you find it very hard to get planning to go much you've, further. Yeah, something.
1: you've hit yeah. Oxfordshire, you've yeah. hit the Green yeah, Belt, yeah. and... Yeah. Nothing's going to happen. Yeah.
2: So all you can this, no, all you can do is go up, and there's no sign of ev- everything going upwards in Cavallermi blocks of flats. Mm. So, yeah, space is a premium. Yeah,
1: let's get your predictions on the money market, experienced mortgage broker of 25 <laughs> okay. years. Okay, so um, buy to let rates from Santander uh, down half a percent today. Purchase rates for sixty percent loan to value below four percent. Yeah, I think Andy did. I did. I predict that in December. Yes, like yes I, you did. I was so, just about to say. You yeah, know? you've
0: got to be careful with your predictions. Now, cause <laughs> Mike did it. Got his ball out before. Chris actually and it knows it actually
1: what, what he's talking yeah. about. I was just throwing numbers <laughs> no, around. Uh, I. I
2: think. Yeah, I, I think we'll see rates of three and a half percent within the fir- within this first quarter. So by end of March, I think. Again, lenders are pricing five-year fixes better than two-year fixes because they yep. want you on their books for five years. If they're going to give you a uh, a decent rate, then they don't want you going in two years' time. So I still think five years will be slightly cheaper than two, as it is now, possibly three and a half. I, can't, I don't see it coming much lower than that for the remaining year. I think it will stay pretty steady.
1: Any sight of a price war for arrangement fees on buy to let yeah, mortgages that because that, that's that's the, that the big happen, thing yeah. surely
2: yeah i mean lenders are doing it for the obvious reasons that if the rates lower the rental calculator works if yeah. the rates are higher they don't work so they're trying to keep the market going and the only way they've worked out to do it at the moment is by increasing the fees so yeah i in the end, there's going to be a limited amount of people that will pay a 7 and 8% fee. Mm. They'll, they'll either decide to stick with their existing lender and go on to some SVR rate, which hopefully is dropping, or they will just not invest, which obviously mm-hmm. doesn't suit the property market, doesn't suit us, and it doesn't suit the lenders. So, yeah, I think rates... Sorry, the, 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 the fees will start coming down. I think five will be the highest... That anyone will have the cheat to charge, but it will come back down. I mean, it, it, yes. it, has, it has well because
1: buy to let is kind of locked to yeah. cash buyers or very very high equity yeah. buyers at the moment. Because otherwise, you look at yeah. a five six seven percent arrangement fee and go. Pff. In two
2: thousand and eight, lenders had to get clever and imaginative, and and we are where we are now because of some of the things they did so we're now in a slight transition stage where again they're messing about with ways of making deals work and and charging six seven and eight percent as a fee to make a deal work for some investors that works Mm. but for the majority it probably doesn't so lenders will think right okay what next okay so because obviously if a lender came in now at a three and a half percent with one percent fee on a buy to let they'd get swamped with business. Yeah. And and that wouldn't help them no. for service levels. Um so yeah, you're right, though, one lender will put their head up, get a load of business in, the rest of the lenders will think, Oh, we could do with some of that. Yeah. They've all got targets. Yeah, though. exactly. Yeah. And it and lending targets never go down. The 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 guy that sits at the top of a bank will set his sales team targets. He never says let's do Let's do less. Yeah. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> Said no one ever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's do more. So if you, you can't sell something that's unsellable, so in the end, the, the, the team will have to go, you know, the feedback will be this just doesn't work and, and they'll see some other lender get in lots of business through the door and they'll change. But, mm. um, yeah, I can see rates dropping on the buy-to-let side. I mean, you've still got lenders offering over 10% as an interest rate. And, mm. and I know, scarily, they, they're writing quite a lot of business, which, which is worrying. They've got mm. no incentive to drop from 10 at the moment. But yeah. when the others start dropping on the fees, then it'll have this, this ripple effect, as you say, and, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and it will start coming down. So, yeah, I think no interest rate drops this year. God, I'm not gonna say that out. Yeah, <laughs> out. You cool. think there's cool. no no <laughs> central
1: bank interest rate drops?
2: And if there is, it will be in the last quarter. Yep. And then Fair I guess.
1: think there'll be some
2: possible ones to begin because when are we gonna have a general election? November is it November? No, it's gonna be before that, likely. Around May no, I th- said Ooh. now. Oh, is it May?
0: Yeah, May, June, apparently, he's gonna okay. call it. So okay. whether that happens or not.
2: Okay. They always change their mind. Yeah, I, <laughs> it, it, yeah. Andy dealing with
0: facts from yeah, the Conservative Party.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with nothing until the last quarter. Okay. There we go.
1: I think it'd be a popular shout from a new government yeah. to drop interest rates, wouldn't yeah. it? So give, give someone a. A racing start so andre thanks for joining us all the best with your business in caversham if you need to get hold of if you want a conversation with andre obviously his contact details will be on the show notes until next week thanks for joining us for another episode of the investors corner podcast